Whether packing for a destination vacation or planning a staycation, Macy's has everything you need. Summer's almost here, and I'm so excited to take a trip with Bryn. We are planning it right now. We are heading to Macy's before we pack to grab new shoes we can wear all day with anything. I'm excited to lay in the sun with key pieces from Macy's, like my new Dolce Vita sandals and Levi's skirt. I am ready to relax and look and feel amazing. Oh, how good that sounds. Of course, I can't forget a new beach bag. I have been eyeing the collection of beach bags from Macy's, and I can't wait for you to see what I choose. Shop at Macy's.com slash own your style. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. So Puerto Rico is a beautiful place. It's a lush island. It's great for surfing. It's got a culture. Like you feel like you've really gone somewhere far and you don't need a passport, which honestly I do really enjoy. It's a beautiful island. The people are amazing. The food is amazing. The water, the beaches, the vibe. It's a great place. It really is. In Puerto Rico, you'll taste the influence of Spanish, African, and native Taino traditions, sometimes all in the same dish. Puerto Rican chefs and restaurants put their passion into every bite. Puerto Rico is an excellent destination for food, which may not be a well-known fact. Whether it's a five-star restaurant or local favorite spot, no one does food like Puerto Rico. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. I've been getting a lot of great comments about the rants. It's really funny. I think everyone's been locked up and they just like hearing people drone on and just get aggravated about things that I guess maybe you're getting aggravated about or maybe because I say them, then you get aggravated about it. But I read your comments and it makes me laugh. And they don't always have to be just me being aggravated, although that is what I am a lot. Um, But I want to talk about, uh, I don't even know that this is necessarily a rant, but it's a discussion about bucket lists And the summer is over. It is on life support. I have been hanging on to it by a thread. Like, I will not pull the plug on the summer. I just kicked in late. Last summer didn't even exist because of the pandemic. This summer, it felt weird for it to exist, but we sort of, the weather was weird. and, And then the anxiety about the fact that the summer was halfway over set in and it was a weird summer. It took a while to ease into it. And we were still wearing masks. Some people weren't wearing masks. We were vaccinated. Some people weren't vaccinated. We were vaccinated and thought we were home free. Some people were getting COVID. So I have a lot of rituals with my daughter and she's really caught on to this 
not just philosophy, but practice. So every year we go to the Radio City Christmas show. And this year, uh, or the last two years, I think we missed it. It was definitely the last year. Um, I think it was the last year because the year before we went. Um, so it was weird to miss that. And we have things that we do out in the Hamptons. It's just come to be that I'm a doer. I'm a doer mom. I just, because I had a challenging childhood, because I had a child later in life, I think I just intuitively knew to be in the moment, to be present as a parent. I wasn't a put your kid in front of the TV parent, even though that was really hard because you just wanted to sort of lay around at 6.30 in the morning instead of be up with your kid. But I just I had a discipline with it. I'm diligent about it. And so in the summer, we've gone wakeboarding. We've gone clamming. We do s'mores. We see the sunset. We, you know, if we go to the beach, which isn't always, it's not like we're at the beach every day, but we'll say, let's go be in the ocean. So I have a very keen appreciation of seasons for what they are. As maybe as you get older and because I'm 50, you just think about more, think more about the value of time, the meaning of time. It's a great thing to instill into your kids because my daughter really has it. And most kids sort of don't care and nothing means anything and they could be home all day on their devices because it doesn't matter. They have so many days in their lives. But because I'm like this, my daughter is really like this. And I guess it was like three weeks ago that my daughter started saying, mommy, let's really complete our wish list. And so in the last two weeks, it was a really fun adventure. We made it a point on the cloudy day to go picking, you know, so we could get the last of the summer fruits, but still get the apples. And it's really just like a 30 minute, 40 minute experience. You get muddy, you get dirty, but it's just, it's just a present thing. You can't be on your phone. You're just talking to each other. It's the hunt of the blueberry, the blackberry, the raspberries, uh, the tomatoes. And there's just something really special about it. And it's so easy to do. Um, any, everybody has access to that. You don't have to have money to go vegetable picking. It could literally be you're picking for your dinner, which we ended up, I've just literally made the last of my tomatoes. Um, and then we made it a point to go surfing. It had been a weird weather and the weather had been choppy and the hurricane or it was flat. And, you know, it's the pain sometimes to get all the stuff on and get the board and do it all. But we did it. And we went into the water and it was chilly and we were shivering for an hour. But we went surfing and we went wakeboarding. We did just check the box. We were checking boxes, you know, but having such a good time. And it meant something to us. We had such a fun time checking the boxes. And um, for... Labor Day, we went and jumped, made sure to jump in the ocean on that day and take a nap on the beach. And we made a fire on the beach one night and we did dinner on the beach one night. It was it's funny because maybe it's because of the pandemic. Things had more meaning because we've done things in the summer, but we've never really done all of these things. Um, Spending more time in the pools. You know, I know I'm lucky enough to have a pool or if you can go to a pool, but just even if you're running in a sprinkler or going, we we didn't have a, a pool in Connecticut. Uh, and, um, we were using a slip and slide and we had, I bought one of those baby sprinklers and my daughter enjoyed it. I even bought a big kiddie pool for her uh, on the beginning of the summer and we were in this kiddie pool. So it's just making meaningful memories is really important. Doing the s'mores, as I mentioned. Um, and I just really ended up having a great summer. I don't take a ton of time for myself. And the only thing that really I don't exercise. I'm not a big exerciser. I'll do yoga when I can and not in the summer because I feel that in the summer I should do things you could do outside. So I make it a point when the weather's nice to walk on the beach and really made that a commitment where my daughter knew that every day I was going to take a walk on the beach where the people that I work with knew the same thing. So it's sort of 
allotted. I, I allotted time for you to have a walk on the beach tomorrow. And even Bryn, um, on the day after Labor Day, Tumbleweed Tuesday, was saying to me, no, mommy, go take a walk on the beach. I want you to have it. You're not going to do that year round because she appreciates the meaning. And then Tumbleweed Tuesday, sure enough, Bryn and I decided to do the thing we've been talking about for months, get on the little cute bicycles we have with our helmets and go ride into town and go to lunch. And these are all very, very simple provincial things. I, again, I don't know if it's the time that we've all been through that make them more meaningful, but I just encourage you to just think about the little special things, whether it's pumpkin picking, whether it's doing the whatever it is for Halloween, for Thanksgiving. Holidays are, you know, hallmarkized, even if it's Valentine's Day, but I think they're great because they give you a sort of not this deadline, I don't like that word, but they give you like a touch point, if that's even a word, to to just say, okay, it's that time of year, so let's do that thing. And it could be making cookies. It could be making a popcorn ball. It's the little things that these kids remember. And honestly, us too. There's no, There are no greater memories that we have than those memories with our kids and our families of just doing something special. So that's been my summer bucket list. And I would love to hear your... Rituals, not even just summer rituals, but just year round rituals. Today I'm talking with DJ Pierce, AKA the fabulous Shangela, a three time RuPaul Drag Race contestant, Emmy nominated host, actor, comedian, philanthropist, business owner. They are a lesson in taking an opportunity and running with it. On top of it all, last year they started the nonprofit. Feed the Queens, which raised over $100,000 to help out-of-work performers during the pandemic. This conversation left me inspired, and I know it will do the same for you. Give it a listen. How are you? I am lovely. I am at my grandmother's house right now in Paris, Texas, the big times. Wow. So, Luckily, I'm inside wearing this sweater, but honey, I don't think I could step outside with it. So it's lovely. It's really hot. It's Texas. And it's Texas yes, ma'am, it is. <laughs> oh, I love your accent. So um, we found each other a while ago on Instagram. It's interesting because people have asked me before why I follow certain people or what the sort of pattern is in it. And there's no rhyme or reason necessarily. Someone just sort of jumps off the page to me or says something to me that you know, piques my interest. And then I follow them and then I'm sort of peeking into their lives, not knowing much about them. So I was sort of just aware of you and your name, the name, well, the name Shangela sort of just stands out. And I didn't know much about you at all. And we had messaged on Instagram and I think you reached out to me to be on the podcast. And so here you are. And how, what's your perception of our sort of relationship on Instagram or how we know each other that way? Oh, we have a long-standing love affair, love. We really do. Now, you might not know it. <laughs> Let me hear. But it's because I um, have such a great love for you, uh, being someone who is such a hard worker, someone who is so creative, someone who is so intelligent, someone who has come from, um, I mean, you had a whole world before reality television, but being someone who was put on a spotlight or under a spotlight with reality TV and then being able to segue your amazing knowledge with regard to your business and your business acumen and put that into creating brands and being such an awesome business person and being so like direct and, and opinionated, but also just like 
here's me. Here's what you get. Now let's keep it moving. Boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, oh, I like her. Ooh. I've never met you in person. We've never been in the same room together. But I did totally um, start, I won't say stalking, but following very religiously uh, to you online and especially with your Instagram. And you also have such great heart. And that to me just jumps out. And I am like, oh my gosh, I want to, I tell everybody, you can ask any of my friends if they say like, who does Shangela love? And she wants to be like, and they ask me and I'll be like, I really love Jennifer Lewis. She's like my number one, RuPaul, Bethany Frankel. Wow. Amazing. Okay. So I'm excited to have you on and hear about you because in reading about you, you are doing so many different things. I want to hear about them. I want to hear about the path, about the brand, about the goal, about the trajectory. And if you follow me on Instagram, I'll want to get into your opinion of the crazy, not the craziness, your opinion of what's been going on with me lately in the media and uh, a recent podcast I had uh, and for people listening, we booked this podcast, what, a couple of weeks ago? How long ago did you reach out? Right, because I would think that people might think that all of a sudden, because you are a drag queen, that I put you on the podcast now because of the stuff that's been going on in the trans world with me. So we had this book for a long time, and you're the perfect guest for me to have right now because I like to face things and have conversations versus everybody be sort of screaming into their computer, you know, a one-way sort of just talking to a wall versus real conversations that breathe. Right. And you're exactly right. This uh, interview has been on the books because, you know, with the kind of re resurgence of our show and coming back of We're Here, the season two on HBO Max, my publicist and I were like, okay, where do we want to go? Who do we want to chat with? And one of my top list people was you, for sure. Amazing. And so without any knowledge of anything else that would happen to kind of be uh, make us even more relevant in the news today. So I'm excited to chat with you. Okay, good. And we'll have that conversation, which people probably that I work with want me to maybe not necessarily have the conversation because it's a hot topic. But um, I think it's important to have conversations and learn. But the first thing is, it's so related to, to the recent conversation and reading printed press all over the internet about you. In the same paragraph, they will say he and she. Now I understand that you're being referred to as he when it's DJ Pierce and Shangela, she when it's Shangela. But even in the press, there's sometimes they'll say he referring to Shangela. Are you right now, are you, am I interviewing you as Shangela or as DJ Pierce? Well, you know, uh, that's always a great question because I go on lots of sets as well, working either on our show we're here or like working in other scripted stuff. And they're like, how do we refer to you? And I, I jokingly, jokingly always say, honey, you can call me anything except prostitute. Jokingly, I always right, say that. But right. in actuality, out of drag, I prefer he, him. And in drag, it's nice she, her. But if anyone makes a mistake, I always kind of will understand what the feeling and the motivation is behind it and know that it's not being made in a lot of times, not in a derogatory type way and not on purpose to, to discriminate or make me feel less than it's just sometimes people don't know. So I always will say, you know, I, I'll never forget. I was on set with, we were filming a star is born and I was on with lady Gaga and we were in this room and the, there was another drag queen here behind and she turned around and she said, Oh, uh, Stephanie, and Gaga goes, oh, honey, please, in a sweet way. She goes, LG, Gaga, any of those, but only Stephanie if we're family or in between the sheets. Because it's all about how people expect other people to refer to them or would like to to make them feel comfortable. And for me, out of drag, usually it's he, him. And in drag, if it's my preference, it's she, her. Because, you know, I feel the doll when I'm in drag. 
Right. Well, so so short of you just energetically knowing someone's being insulting or ignorant, it's like someone's spelling your name wrong. It's annoying, but you just want to correct them and, and hope that they will get it right the next time. Yeah. And most times it's my little Southern charm that comes in there and kind of kindly does it like, oh, baby, no, 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 no. Hold on. It's Shangela because they call me Shangela, Shangri-La, Shagala, mm-hmm. <laughs> all of the above. But with regard to pronouns, I think it's about how people feel they are being respected and heard and recognized in that moment. And for me, out of drag, he, him, because I am a, a, a gay male that dresses in drag for my entertainment or for my character, my show. Um, but usually my family, everyone calls me DJ and I am he, him. Okay. So, um, and it's in that conversation we had the other day, I talked about the fact that it, my daughter didn't know her, her pronouns. And um, not that she didn't know, you know, it's sort of like one, sometimes you know something, but you don't, you get nervous that you might not be saying it right. And this is all a new conversation in history, I think. I mean, the truth is there are so many things to know. That's why so many people have gotten into trouble for things that they've done 10 years ago because people literally just don't know. Well, it could be very much so a new thing in that person's or your particular circle. In your world, it's a new conversation. And that's, you know, to be heard and respected and understood because this gives us an open opportunity to have a communication about it. Because in my world, we could have been having this conversation for the last 10 years, you know? Great. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store, clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah. Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Boricua is the name for someone from Puerto Rico or Puerto Rico. My accent's not the best, but I'm trying. But I know Puerto Rico well. I've been there so many times. I Be Strong has done so many missions after Hurricane Maria. It is more than just a name. It is a way of life and representation of the vibrant spirit of the island. The unique Bariqua spirit infuses the island's culinary landscape with a one-of-a-kind passion and point of view unlike anywhere else. I love Puerto Rico. I've been there twice in the last year. In Puerto Rico, you'll taste the influence of Spanish, African, and native Taino traditions, sometimes all in the same dish. Puerto Rican chefs and restaurants put their passion into every bite. Puerto Rico is an excellent destination for food, which may not be a well-known fact. Whether it's a five-star restaurant or local favorite spot, no one does food like Puerto Rico. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. 
It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. As a child, did you know that you had two different people inside of you? Like that you were literally authentically two different people? Well, I honestly don't. For my being a young gay boy growing up, I never felt like I had two people. I definitely felt like I had a lot of um, mannerisms, uh activities, things that I did, the way I talked, the way I walked, that would be considered stereotypically female. Okay, he's walking like a girl. He sounds like a girl. He twists like a girl. And so that kind of let me know that I was a, a different than a lot of people around me, especially a lot of the boys around me. And I'm an only child. I grew up in a family with a lot of women. My parents divorced when I was very young. So I was, my mom was in the military. She raised me for a portion of my life and then went off to fight wars. And my, I was raised in the house with my grandma and by my aunt. So I was raised by a lot of women. So I saw a lot of those mannerisms. I thought maybe it's just something that I'm learning ah. that I'm, yeah, from the people around me. What age are you when you're saying this? Probably... I'd say like nine, nine is around when you're in the fourth grade, like third, grade. So you weren't grade. sure if it was nature versus nurture. You didn't know what was real. You weren't sure what was going on yet. Right. I wasn't having any like, you know, sexual desires or attraction in that way to anyone of the same sex at that time, probably around the age of nine. It probably waited to like 11, 12. And I was like, oh, that's hot. Oh, should I be thinking that? Should I be saying that? Um, to realize pu- but- almost puberty preteen is when you're starting to really question versus just have like sort of underneath feelings. Right. For me, because it's different for all people, but for me, and also I was raised um, in a small Southern town, Paris, Texas. And mm-hmm. a lot of times we, things we just didn't talk about. And I think I was a little sheltered as well because I was an only child. I was raised in a very Southern Baptist home with my grandparents. So I didn't, have a lot of interactions or see a lot of things that maybe a lot of other people at that age did see. So, uh, but I knew around 11, 12, that I was totally different. And that, that was something that I, a lot of times I didn't feel comfortable embracing and being because I was going to be made fun of, whether it was at school or, or even in my own family. So I tried to press it down, but there are certain things that are innate about you, honey, that you just can't press uh, down. Of course. So I decided to flourish. 
So if you had been asked um, what your pronouns were at nine, would you have wanted to not talk about it or would you have wanted to say what it was? Like, what would you have wanted as a child? Because it's hard for us well, as adults to know what children want. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a great thing. You're exactly right. Um, if I can remember correctly at that age, I wasn't the com- there wasn't a lot of conversation about naming your particular pronouns. However, if people call- came to me and said, oh, referring to me and said, he is going to be going over there or he did this, I would know they were talking about me because I knew that I was he and him. Those were the pronouns that I uh, identified with at that time and still do out of drag. I didn't create create Shangela and become a drag entertainer until about 10 years ago. So it's always been he, him. Oh, interesting. Okay. So do you, um, and I want to, this is just a side side conversation. I want to get into then like if you, about success. So just give me two more minutes about this because I want to understand you better also. Do you feel more, do you feel equally you as Shangela, as DJ Pierce? Is there a percentage? Are you 70% DJ Pierce and 30%, you know, I always say I'm I'm 95% homebody and 5% lunatic. So are you, are you 70% DJ Pierce and 30 Shangela or or just is always moving? Well, you know, it depends on the day. It depends on the gig, but also I'm no mathematician, but I like to say I'm 100% DJ Pierce and I'm 100% Shangela because I don't really change my voice. I don't change my character. I change my exterior to take on Shangela. But if you met Shangela in drag, you would still be like, all right, come on, Miss Shangela. And you may even make the mistake, like my mom does a lot, and call me DJ when I'm in drag. And I'm like, uh-uh, it's Shangela. <laughs> oh, because you really feel it. And you really feel the yeah. difference. It's the same energy. It's the same soul. But a lot of times, especially for Shangela, it, I started out, Shangela is a performance character. I was on stage performing. I did lip sync numbers like Beyonce and Sierra and J-Lo, but I did it as Shangela. So the wig and the makeup and all of that is what made Shangela. As I continued to grow and evolve and learn who I was as a drag entertainer and start to do it, not just on stage, but in commercials or just in meeting people and meet and greets, I realized that power as a drag entertainer that you have when you have that different exterior, but it's still the same me on the inside. Well, but do you just, what if I just asked, what if you and I were going to go out to lunch, would you just be like, I might want to go as Shangela today or it's too much work. Like can Shangela be casual? Can Shangela be in pajamas? It's different for every girl. For me, Shangela is a showgirl. She's an entertainer. On stage, honey, it's glamorous and it's the doll. If it's an interview, it's fabulous and it's fashion. But you wouldn't usually, unless I have a stand-up comedy character called Laquifa, that she might wear the pajamas. But I'm not just going to the grocery store with the wig on for the fun of it because it's a stage persona for me. And do you like putting on all the makeup and all the hair as a person who really hates hair and makeup more than anyone you've ever met? Do you like doing it or does it sometimes no pun intended feel like a drag to do it when i pun intended, good, pun intended. good pun no, no pun good intended. pun you quite punny sister that's quite punny <laughs> um i would you know when i first started drag in 2009 i did it because it was so exciting for me it was so different than what i usually do i came from the corporate world i was working in pr at the time i was working at a pr agency in los angeles and everything was like button-up shirts and khakis and belts and you know shoes and socks and all that gig occasionally a tie constricting. And, constricting. yeah and shangela was this 
artistic expression of who I was on the inside that felt even more free. You know, I could be in a leotard or I could be in a dress and I could twirl and turn and rhinestones. Busting and out. Busting, honey. Now, do I love it? I'm grateful now that I work on, like, for example, a show like we're here where we have a whole team that creates the costumes, creates the hair. I sit down, they put the makeup on. It takes about three and a half to four hours from start to finish to be in full glam and drag to walk out the door. So would I I love to have that time back? Girl, yes, ma'am. But it's the part of the job. It's your part. You're working while you're sitting in glam. That's just like part of the hours on the job. I get it. And I would think, but I would think it affects your skin. I would think it, you could write a book in, in, in glam. You could write a book in glam. I, uh, yeah, we think it affects your skin. I just, it's, it's so, that, that part to me, but that's, you know, that's, that's maybe you wouldn't like doing half the things I do. If I can just say this as well, I think that, you know, and I did listen to the conversation that you had on the interview. Yep. Um, and when you were just having your solo conversation at the beginning about this. And I think that it gives a great opportunity for parents to have the conversation with their kids because a lot of kids are already having these conversations about pronouns, even amongst themselves. And sometimes even at a very young age, like nine and 10. So a lot of times parents, and I'm no parent, but I do have nieces and nephew that I'm very close to. And they're ranged from like age five right now to 12. And it's in that time where they're having a lot of conversations that I'm like, well, we never had that conversation as a kid, but it forces me to have that combo with them. And I think that's the most important thing is that they're able to come to you. And I think just by following you on Instagram, I know you and your daughter have a very close relationship. Right. And the fact that she can share things with you when she is confused and open that opportunity for you to have that conversation with her, that's a really totally. thing. And I think both of us agree that it's so important to have inclusivity uh, with regard to the trans community. And it's just a greater conversation, I think, that needs to continue to happen. Conversations like these need to continue to happen because there are so many people that are either A, uncomfortable with it, B, don't understand it, or don't support it. Trust me, on our show, we go to small conservative towns across America, but it's not just in conservative spaces that people have difficult feelings or conversations about all of our LGBTQI plus right, right. But the more that we can hear, listen, and then be able to educate, and everybody's different. But for me, I think that's the way that we can get to a greater place of understanding. Because we ain't going nowhere. No, because sexuality is one thing. Gender is another thing. Like, there's an education. There's a language. And that's happening with race. That's happening with gender and sexuality. That's happening with the workplace. That's happening with Me Too. There's a lot to learn. And I didn't get a script because I don't work like that. I'm having a conversation. I'm not ex- exerting some opinion. I'm I'm learning too. But I'm also learning. You know, I'm also learning. I grew up in, in the South with a, in a different community at times in a different period. And so I think it's important for me to also be educated. So I think the good thing is that we're going to keep the conversation going. 100%. And, that I, and I feel truly that you're open to listening and, and learning as we all do, as we continue to grow. And also being a great parent. And also I think what's, what was more important to me was not to be like so many celebrities that I know, that I know personally, that are terrified 24 hours a day because they're public and they're, they, they can't make a step. They can't do anything. They would never do this podcast. They would never choose to have these conversations. They would never f- f- flirt with cancellation daily. But what was more important to me than anything was to not just be terrified, back down, give some fake saccharine apology to, for fear of cancellation. That's why I was saying, no, like 
let's have the conversation and that's okay. But you don't want me to be some filtered, watered down. There's so many people that are on Instagram every day just bullshitting everybody because it's what they think that the public wants to hear. But secretly, behind the scenes, they're saying what they really feel. That's not healthy. When we have like a great platform like you talk incredibly do with this, I think we both understand that there's a certain responsibility that we have not to be able to just say anything because I didn't, and forgive me, I don't want to paraphrase or say the wrong thing, but there was a statement in that conversation where you say, well, maybe I'll just send my daughter to a different place. And I think in my listening to it, it was more along the lines of the kind of sexual experience, not sex, but people showing their own genitalia at a girl's camp or just at a camp in general. Cause I don't, I know. And it was a counselor, by the way, that wasn't the camper. It was a counselor. It was a counselor that, that, that showed their genitalia. This wasn't even my child, but I send my daughter to a specific school because it's, I don't want to say what school because it's artsy versus very competitive um, academically. So that's a place where I think that she's going to thrive. So if my daughter, um, if my daughter identified as being male, I might want her to be surrounded with other people who had that same experience to have that conversation and not be t- with kids that have no, you know, that are going to have that kind of reaction. It is important to have that visibility, I think, for anyone's community that you feel they are in to be able to, like, I loved being able to see, even as a kid, if I got glimpses of gay people or drag queens on television or just know about their existence. I think it is important to be around like people. However, we don't have the choice to pick and choose where we're going to go to be in those communities. Uh, I grew up, I went to public school. Honey, there wasn't no, we're going to put DJ around just the gays or just the black kids. They put me around everybody. And we learned how to grow and navigate through it. And I think that's a really cool thing is when you can, you know in life that you can't pick the people that you're going to be around. We can't choose our circles at all times. We can learn more about all the different circles, whether it's 100% cultures, and that makes us all awesome and better people. And that's why I love you so much because I think you're that's what you're totally interested in. The irony of that whole conversation was we were saying the same thing and that's why it has to be a, a conversation. So, okay, we're going to go longer because I want to get into your business, but I think that that was an important conversation and, and I'm, I'm grateful for it. And if you want to- well, Thank you, you for feeling safe. Just thank you for feeling safe to have that combo with me. And I think that, you know, everyone doesn't sign up for, you know, I hear a lot of people say, well, honey, I'm tired of having a conversation. I'm tired of educating people. And that's everyone's perspective that everyone is allowed their individual perspective. For me, I'm down to have the combos, even the difficult ones. And Same. I'm glad that you felt safe to have that with me. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, 
where America goes to hire. Boricua is the name for someone from Puerto Rico or Puerto Rico. My accent's not the best, but I'm trying. But I know Puerto Rico well. I've been there so many times. I Be Strong has done so many missions after Hurricane Maria. It is more than just a name. It is a way of life and representation of the vibrant spirit of the island. The unique Bariqua spirit infuses the island's culinary landscape with a one-of-a-kind passion and point of view unlike anywhere else. I love Puerto Rico. I've been there twice in the last year. In Puerto Rico, you'll taste the influence of Spanish, African, and native Taino traditions, sometimes all in the same dish. Puerto Rican chefs and restaurants put their passion into every bite. Puerto Rico is an excellent destination for food, which may not be a well-known fact. Whether it's a five-star restaurant or local favorite spot, no one does food like Puerto Rico. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Because there's nothing like a weekend pause with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Now let's get into you. So you lived in your house in Paris, Texas, single mother, Southern, uh, you said Southern Baptist? Yes, my grandparents were very strong Southern Baptists. I grew up in the church. I was at one point the piano player, honey. I was the choir director. I was never a soloist at that time. <laughs> but um, I, that's why I really grew to have a great love, have great faith and hope. But I always felt like I didn't fit in a lot of times in some of those spaces and places, especially when we'd have preachers that were preaching about, you know, homosexuality is a sin and wrong. But it didn't stop me from being me. Uh, I still was super active in school. I, I've, a, I've a natural born leader. I think you and I both are Scorpios in that way where we're like, Zoom, let's go out and get it. And then I uh, was the first in my family to graduate and go to college. Um, I got a huge leadership scholarship from SMU in Dallas, where I went and graduated school. from. Yeah, thank you. Um, and had a lot of great opportunity there, which now I've just, let's go many a decade and a half later, and I am um, now on the advisory board for the Meadow School of the Arts back at SMU as a drag queen and entertainer. As a drag queen and entertainer, which is amazing for that particular school. Um, so who, who or what drove success in your house? What was 
the relationship and concept of money and what it meant to be successful and what work ethic was. What was that path like? And what was that like in your house? Okay, let me break it down for you to, in, uh, in two tracks here. One with regard to the work ethic. I always saw workers in my family. My grandpa was a farmer, okay? He was 80% deaf, so he couldn't hear very well. We, we, in the black community, called, he was hard of hearing. You had to yell at granddaddy, he had to watch your mouth for you to be able to hear him. But he had cows and hogs. And he used to go around town and he would pick up other people's garbage in the back of his truck in big barrels, take it out to his hog pen and feed the hogs and do that. I saw him working from 6 a.m. every day until it was nighttime at night and his boots would come home muddy. And that was my grandpa. My grandma was a housewife, but she ran everything in there. And my mom, I think the hardest working example in my life and my family, you know, she went to the military she came back. My mom sometimes had three jobs at a time. She'd be substitute teaching during the day. She'd have an office job in the afternoon. And then overnight, she was stocking vending machines at the local power plants here, in which I would, you know, feeling like my mom worked so hard, I'd want to help her out so much. She was more focused on me, like, just get the school work done, be good in school. But I would wake up at night, go with her to the vending machines because I knew she could pack them faster if I was there Aww. with her. So I would like load the truck. She would take the dolly and go inside, pack the cans. And honestly, seeing my mom work so hard put in my mind like, okay, we don't have a lot of money. We were always like, you know, trying to keep bills from being late or if they were like taking money from here to pay this over here, things we cut off at times. I didn't want that. And I knew I had an ability uh, to relate to people. I could see the way people responded to me. They were very open to like, me being involved in things. And that's how I got involved in so much in school. I was the student council president from the time I was in sixth grade all the way until we were seniors and, it, and involved in so many different things. But I knew that I had an ability to get out there, to create relationships and to make money for my family. I had a job from the time that I was 14. I started working as a stock market uh, charted. Back in the day, they used to have like just the newspaper where you chart the markets, like commodity markets and stock markets. I had a job doing that. I worked at a retail selling shoes at Bell's. I worked You're at a hustler. Restaurant. I was a hustler and I'm still a hustler. That's how I know that I got to this place so that I am today. And I still have that hustle ability. Yeah, I can tell. And in reading about you, I could tell. So I want to get it focused so I understand and uh, hear what is the brand? What exactly is the brand? What's the trajectory? What's the goal? First of all, are you do you feel financially secure now? I do. You did. Uh, so much so that I was able to, in 2019, purchase a home for my grandma. Uh, I grew up in a two-bedroom house on the rough side of town, and I moved us to a nicer side of town with a house with many more bedrooms. And my mom came down here to help my grandma because she's in a wheelchair now, but and she's 83. But that being said, that's the crowning jewel to me to be able to provide for my family as well as for myself. Are you in that house now? I am in this house today. Now I got to go to Chicago to work this weekend and I live in Los Angeles, but I am here today and, uh, and you can't see much, but yep, this is the childhood bedroom here. Wow. Okay. So you were able to provide for your family and now you're young. So I want to hear about what your brand is because there are so many different things that you're doing. And I can sort of tell that you are um, hunting and then you're going to gather. Like you're doing that, like you, you're just, you're achieving success and a lot of it's uh, 
financial and um, people are aware of you. What's the goal, the trajectory? How do you organize all this? I know that you've been on many, um, many, whatever the word is, like seasons of drag race and you haven't won. So that you could definitely tell people that winning is definitely not everything. For sure. For sure. Um, let me just say that, yes, I did compete on three separate seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race. Season two, I came in. I'd only been doing drag for like five months. So I was a total baby. So first one voted out. And after that year, I was like, oh, my God, what have I done? Because, you know, you sign up for a reality competition show. In my mind, baby, I was going to win, even though I didn't know nothing really about <laughs> being a drag queen and putting everything together myself. My mindset all my life has been I'm going to win. So the prize at that time was $20,000. And for a poor kid, I was like, baby, $20,000. I'm about to make all my dreams come true. I get it. That was me on The Apprentice. Okay. That was, that was me on The Apprentice. <laughs> I was all the money in the world and I wanted the job. So, okay, I got that. Okay. So three days later, I was back at the house and I was thinking, oh my gosh, I quit my job because I was working in PR in LA. And I remember telling them I needed three weeks off, but I'd set up all my clients and everyone was going to be fine. I had a backup plan. And they said, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm doing a competition reality show. It's called RuPaul's Drag Race. They had no idea that I'd even started doing drag, which I'd only done it 10 times anyway. And they were mm -hmm. like, well, that doesn't line up with our company's values and, and, and morals. I don't, if you do that show, we're going to have to let you go. Wow. And I told them, well, I came to LA to work in television ultimately. So that's what I do. I'm going to quit. So I left the job, went to win the 20,000, came back home three days later with no money, no job. And was like, oh, I low, messed up. Low point low but i i don't stay low too long when i hit when i hit a fail button i feel it and then i'm like go back into hustle mentality. same person like same person when i didn't win the apprentice same exact like you do it you really get you do it you feel it you go low and then you but it almost fuels you even higher than you were before because you just get a fresh clean slate and it's a new thing like you open a new Ms. door Bethany you are so right because I was like you know what I'm not gonna I knew that I had a time period between the time that we filmed the show that year in November when they let the show was going to start being promoted in January and the first episode was the end of January so I knew I had about a three-month period yep. where no one knew that I was not going to win so, and it was the second season. So not many people were chatting and talking things about spoilers and all that. So I started calling up clubs. I started booking myself. I was like, hi, I'm DJ Pierce. So, you know, I have Shangela. She's going to be on the new season of RuPaul's Drag Race. And people who knew me in LA from performing, they're like, oh, she's a great performer. She's winning. So baby, I was booking the calendar up. So by the time they saw that I was the first one off, I already had contracts in place that said I was booked. They couldn't let me go unless they had to pay me. So I went and did the job, but I've always been a return client kind of girl. I'm a you're going to return and you're going to buy again if you come one time. And that's how I did my shows. Like I knew that as a drag entertainer, I was also a salesperson and I was in there selling myself. You asked me what the brand is. The brand is Shangela, me. And that's difficult sometimes because you're like, okay, well, I'm, my brain sometimes does not stop because at night I'm even thinking about the things that I've established and what I want to do and how I'm you know, how I want to be still visible and, and how to balance that with work and life and family and still being me. But at the same time, it's like, all right, because you're right. I went to Drag Race three times. I never won, but I never walked away not thinking I was the queen. But when you say the brand is Shangela, if I can give you just one piece of advice, I think you have to write yourself a blurb that you could say in an elevator. 
and what it what exactly that brand is and what that means is that about that's showing people exactly how to hustle and that you can knock down and but I'll get right up again whatever it means we don't have to do it here and it means that every product you do every endorsement you do every gig you do every show you do with the exception of if something some crazy money you can't turn it down should adhere to that line because I'm because you're you're young and I'm reading all of the different things you're doing at some point you're going to have to really take this into some sort of amazing monetizable return on investment vortex where it's like even getting tight it's like a it's like a rough diamond that you keep polishing until it's like this like D flawless diamond. That's just based on what I'm reading, but we're getting there and talking to you. So you may actually even know what that diamond is. Um, so you said the brand is Shangela and I love that you said they were always going to come back. And I love that you made it that the show, I don't know if, if the show always has the same people come back, but that they brought you back so many times says, says so I much. was the very first person that they brought back to compete again on a Got second it. Right. That and sounds then different later to me. on, yeah. I came back on an all-star season to compete again. And every time that I went back was another opportunity that I felt I was on television. I wanted to represent myself as an authentic person. And I honestly feel like if you watch the show, even though there are moments where it's heated and I'm not always, you know, firing on 10, but at the same point, the person that you see on television is the same person that you got right here in this podcast. And I stand likeable. by that. And I'm so very, grateful. Very well, thank Amazing. you. I like you too. Thank you. Um, so do you have money noise now? Like that you're going to go back to being broke and that you're going to lose it all? Or like, what's, what is your relationship with money? I think if you ever grow up without, you always have that feeling that I don't ever want to be without again. And even with everything that I've been able to create and build, and I've been building and, and I, I'm I'd like to say I'm smart about money. I like to save it. I still drive the same car that I own that I drove in college. I, uh, the houses that we have, I own. Um, but it's, I don't spend a lot of things on, um, you know, I, I've never, you know, we didn't grow up with a whole bunch of labels and stuff. So I do have some things that are luxury goods, but I don't need them. And I don't need to showcase or share them to know that I'm doing well. How I know that I'm doing well is my family can, you know, eat and be taken care of. But I do always have that mentality of I need more because you never know when a rainy day will come. And we just had a pandemic of a year that there were no drag shows, that there was no touring, that there were no in-person gigs. And thankfully, I was able to navigate that not in a space of fear mm -hmm. or uncertainty because I had prepared for the rainy day. Well, and it also probably, if you are a person who doesn't get stunned, which I can already tell that you don't because you, you you get knocked down and then you take a minute. This was probably a good time for you to sort of plant seeds and nurture and organize and make plans versus just being in, you know, in the entertainment world, like entertaining. But I, and I read that you uh, have helped your industry because I didn't, most people aren't thinking about the fact that, right, the drag queen quote unquote industry shut down. That's literally entertaining. You have to be out socializing. It's the opposite of COVID-19. So that's something interesting to hear. How many drag queens do you think there are in this country? Oh my God. I, hundreds of thousands, maybe millions. Wow. And okay. you can tell that by the success of shows like RuPaul's Drag Race that not only have 
more than 13 US seasons, but also franchises in multiple countries around the world. And there still seems to be this great attraction. I'm so grateful that there is this interest in the world of drag and seeing it be more visible, especially in television and film. So there are tons, tons, tons. And I love that you touched on the fact about helping because um, you're someone who also does that. I mean, I love the stuff that you do with the Be Strong Foundation and all the things that you do. And I'm like, how the heck does this lady do it? Because, and that's what I'm like, I've, I want to do too. And when I, during the pandemic, when I saw Lady Gaga come together and say, look, I called 30 of my friends, you know, and asked them each for a million dollars and we're going to help with the COVID-19 relief. Now I ain't got 30 friends with a million dollars to give that I know of, but um, I knew that I, wanted to help. And that's always been a part of who I am. That's, you know, being a kid, seeing my grandma, like make food for people in our neighborhood. After Hurricane Maria, I remember I was the, I can't speak to anyone else, but I knew I wanted to do something. So I hopped a flight myself when not many people were even able to get a flight down into Puerto Rico, flew down there and took some meals from Delta and went and gave them out in the community, went to the Salvation Army, did some stuff for only, I only had two days off. I mean, it was 28, 17 was a big touring year for me. So I went down there, did that with my friend and came back and did encourage people to vote for, to give. And with regards to the pandemic, I knew that so many of our drag entertainers were out of work and they were having hunger issues because they ain't got no money to buy food. So I, I know my gift is, and I'm so grateful to have not only a platform, but I'm able to connect with people. And so I was able to create this organization called Feed the Queens. I literally did it in this bedroom. I was here like with a just a notepad because I always I make lists. That's all the how time. I started I, too. I got a million, million later or something like that. Yeah, I, that's how I started too. I just had the idea to do it, and so um, luckily I was able to work. I've knocked on a lot of doors, a lot of nonprofits. God bless them, but they didn't want to work with me because they were like, "Well, you're not a 501c3. It's a whole bunch of red tape." And they don't think that's a real issue. They think that's funny. They don't think that's a real issue. Yeah. And so thankfully the Actors Fund was like, we'll do it and we won't charge you. We won't take an overhead. Every dollar that was donated, we were able to. So I called up some of my drag entertainer friends and we were able to raise in one year $100,000 to provide food grants of $400 each to every Amazing. drag queen that applied to get a food grant. We, we did like these little instacart uh-huh. food yeah, I do, that's i yeah i i do the the cat the cash cards for people we're doing it right now in louisiana so i know it but you just brought up something that can be related to business so you helped in puerto rico but you sort of felt like it was a one-off and you didn't know how to really make it uh something you could have a real great impact not that that wasn't impactful but meaning it sounds like for people listening who want to help in some way because so many people ask me so many people do want to help a it's like business you have to be organized you have to be thorough. You have to be transparent. You have to get frustrated. It's like starting a business, doing a startup, which is challenging. But if it's something that affects you, so just think about what affects you. It's like business. If it's something you care about, you'll be able to probably be successful at it. So it sounds like that's something that directly affects you. It's something that you understand. It's something you have a connection to so you can have a greater impact. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, temp to hire part time or full time. You name the position 
warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Boricua is the name for someone from Puerto Rico or Puerto Rico. My accent's not the best, but I'm trying. But I know Puerto Rico well. I've been there so many times. I be strong has done so many missions after Hurricane Maria. It is more than just a name. It is a way of life and representation of the vibrant spirit of the island. The unique Bariqua spirit infuses the island's culinary landscape with a one-of-a-kind passion and point of view unlike anywhere else. I love Puerto Rico. I've been there twice in the last year. In Puerto Rico, you'll taste the influence of Spanish, African, and native Taino traditions sometimes all in the same dish. Puerto Rican chefs and restaurants put their passion into every bite. Puerto Rico is an excellent destination for food, which may not be a well-known fact. Whether it's a five-star restaurant or local favorite spot, no one does food like Puerto Rico. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant... Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Because there's nothing like a weekend pause with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. What about your romantic life? <laughs> Miss Bethany getting the tea. Girl, you know what? Being a person who's been on the road for like the last 10 years, it's really difficult to build a strong, trusting one-on-one -on -one relationship. And I just haven't been able to do that yet. So am I currently dating anyone in a relationship? No, I'm not. I love love. I can watch a J-Lo movie, boo, and be like, oh, I love this. Whereas I want to be the wedding planner. You know, I'm the maid in Manhattan. But as for a particular relationship for myself in this moment, I don't have it. Am I entertaining the thought, especially during the pandemic, when you're sitting down, you're by yourself, you know, you're like, well, who's going to help take care of me? I'm in this house by myself. <laughs> who's vaxxed and in love? Right. But um, no, it has not happened yet. So but I'm just throwing that? myself in the work. 
Oh God, yes. And do you I want a monogamous it. relationship? Do you want to be married? I think that would be awesome, but um, I just, I would love to date first and I would love to be able to build like trust, but I'm not in a place, one place at the time long enough to really find that person or I haven't found them yet. So Got it. we'll see. Okay, we'll see. What percentage do you think you are lucky and what percentage smart? Well, I, I definitely know that I'm lucky. I'm incredibly lucky, but I'm also very smart. If we were talking percentages, I would let's go 60, 40, 60 smart, 40 lucky, maybe even 70, 30, 70 smart, 30 lucky, because I never won drag race. If I was really lucky, I would have won. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got but, it. But, or maybe not, because, you know, I think my entire journey and people seeing me grow up as a drag entertainer right in front of them um, is I'm lucky in that respect, because maybe they've seen me and know that Shangela never won, but she never gave up. And here she is today on an That's awesome That's your podcast. brand. That's the brand. You just said it. Hold Shandra on, let me write that down. Won, but she never gave up. Hallelujah. And thank you. And see, I'm going to remember that because I think the, the overarching brand most definitely is that. And a part of how I represent that is through creating businesses, creating products. One of those businesses is like, say what entertainment. It's a management company that I created because I had just been ripped off so many times by managers. When we came out of drag races, reality people, there was no, there's no map that says, and now here's how you make it to success or stardom. We just were like, okay, now what do we do? That's why I say seven, 60 to 70% smart because I knew that I was going to have to represent myself a lot of times. And even when I was working with people that weren't honest and that stole from me, it helped me and motivated me to go, you know what, I can do this. Not only can I do it for myself, but I'm going to create an organization that helps does it, that helps to do it for my sisters exactly. from RuPaul's Drag Race. So we manage now three to four queens. My partner, Ron Davis, and I manage them through our uh, uh, organization, Say What Entertainment. Then and also in products, like even in the pandemic, I created, I got to show you this because you know, if it wouldn't be me, I watched the big shot, honey, always shoot the shot. Um, this is called Sanitizer. This oh, is my improved uh, scented hand sanitizer. It comes in three different scents. I'm sending you some. Get yes, ready. I love. What a great name! I love that. Yeah, and it's like Shangela Sanitizer. I love it. I get it. it. It's fabulous. It's spray on. You rub it on, and this one is called Sugar Daddy because you know I had this rant about I don't have a sugar daddy. Never had a sugar daddy. And the other one is called Professional, and it's a fresh like linen scent. I and love that. And 10% of each of these purchases goes back into Feed the Queens, the organization that helps to provide food grants, out of work, dragon. But I love so. that for all of the like for pride, for floats, when everyone's on top of each other, like crowded in drag clubs, like those are big major events. Maybe you could get, you know, like a deal with them. That's a great name. I love that. And that's so that's great. It's so on brand. Um, but yeah, that's your brand. And that should be all everything that you do should sort of adhere to that, that it's about never giving up and going to get it. And it's sort of about more about the journey than the destination at the time because you never know what's going to happen and then i guess the last one is for your career what has been the rose and the thorn the high and the low um i would say that let me start with the thorn the thorn i think was the time that i broke my leg on stage that was a really rough point a young girl i was on stage i was doing a, a move that i taught to the children on dance moms called the death drop okay i was doing the move and I was on stage, Halloween is New York City. I was at this club near downtown and I went up, came down, broke the tibia and fibula bones, snapped them out the side Shit. of the leg. They didn't come through the pantyhose because, you know, I wear support hose. Oh. But I saw the triangle and I laid there. No. And I even tried to continue to, you know, do the oh number. My the crowd God. Went, yeah. 
And I was like, ah, da, da. and then when I tried to get up, I was like, oh, this is not good. They had to roll a gurney through the club because, you know, New York, they didn't have no back entrance. It's through the dance floor and they rolled me out on Halloween and people were taking selfies. And I was like, hallelujah, I'll be back. But I spent three weeks in Lenox Hill Hospital. Thank God, Bethany, I'm going to tell you, because, you know, I didn't grow up with no money. So I, we didn't have insurance, but I did. I just qualified that October 1st for SAG oh, insurance, Blue Cross Blue Shield PPO. Oh, and I never broke anything before. And this and right on October 31st, I did that leg. So they took me to Lenox Hill. Hallelujah. Great doctors. I stayed there while they reset the leg. The swelling had to go down. And I remember thinking, what have I done? And what am I going to do? I'm a dragon. Singer. I perform. I'm a state. I'm on tour. I've got all these tours booked. This is my bread and butter in this moment. And now, you know, now here I am laid up in a hospital with one leg. But I pushed through the physical therapy. I pushed through. I set a date for myself. I went back on tour in March of the next year. The doctor said, no, you can't go till August. I was like, baby, I'll go in flat boots. And I did. Went to Australia, performed, went, had wheelchairs through the airport, and then would get on stage and do my Shangela numbers. And that helped me to overcome that the fear of being back on stage and performing, but also getting back to what I loved. So that was a, a thorn, but it, it pushed me. To, to so get is back. your thorn and rose the same thing? Well, I would really say my rose, and there have been hot moments. I mean, I got to perform Beyonce for Beyonce, okay? Stop. At the GLAAD Awards 2018 or 19. That's insane. Yes, ma'am. Beyonce insane. had to approve it, which I'm so grateful she did. She's like icon. She was the first number I ever performed. I performed you single You got later. to perform Beyonce for Beyonce. That's money. Y'all, whoever's on this, y'all give Bethany a link to Shangela YouTube 100%. Beyonce. Yes. And when I tell you she, at the end, she and Jay-Z both gave me a standing ovation. Afterward, she asked to meet me back Stop. in one of the rooms. So Holy I get to go shit. in there dressed as Beyonce and as Shangela as Beyonce. And and I went and she was just like, you were so good. And I was oh, like, that's my she was rose like, now. I could tell you were in it because, you know, I can see your face, you know. And I was like, thank you because. I, you are so in it. I, I wanted to honor you with this number. And thank you so I did a whole nine minute medley. They told me I had one song, baby. I did eight. Holy <laughs> shit. You must have been so nervous. I, you know what? People, I wasn't nervous until everyone kept coming up to me right before I was going on going. Beyonce, she came out. She's sitting out there in the audience now. Like she came out to watch your performance. Holy and I'm like, thank you. Thank you so much. Right. But it was awesome. It was that's awesome. All right. So that's a rose. Is that the rose, I guess? I think the biggest rose would be actually being back here in this house. Oh, I'm don't get emotional, Shannon. But I, I've got to tell you, growing up and going through situations where you didn't have a lot and seeing everyone around me work so hard, um, like hard work. Mm -hmm. now, labor, real labor. I, yeah, labor. Hands dirty labor. Very hands dirty labor. I can see like going around the house at night. Sometimes when we have my nieces and nephews over. And they're all in different beds in different rooms. And, you know, my mom moved from Dallas down to Paris to help take care of my grandma. And I'm able to help support her while she's doing that. And seeing my grandma being just this large, comfortable space and having people to help her, even when I'm not able to be here. Like, that's the most you awesome thing. And I'm, I'm grateful that I have that relationship with my family because so many people do not. Um, so I try to share it, you know, to a certain extent on online to show that there is love out here. And there is love, even from your birth family. A lot of times, especially as gay people, we don't have that relationship a lot of times with our birth family, but we go out there and we find a family. Well, I'm thankful that I've been able to find a chosen family, but also still be really connected 
with the family that raised me. And to that's be able to amazing. Give back to them. And probably just by nature of that relationship, educating people in that area that are not as tolerant or open. So it's probably had a good effect. Totally. You know, you're successful in a completely different way from 99.9% of people in that area, you know, Southern Baptists, et cetera. So it's probably been a great eye-opening education. Yeah. And I'm still pushing. I like what you said, you know, one time my old boss, old, old, old boss from years ago said to me, you know, I think it was like when I was 21. I remember I was driving this guy to the airport and he said, um, I, I admire you a lot. I think you, you're going to go far, but you, you really are um, a jack of a lot of trades and a master of none. And a jail of all trades. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. Come on, come on, come on. The he, the she, the up beyond the, all of the above. But I will tell you, it is that kind of hurt in the moment because I was thinking this guy thinks that I don't, I don't have a specific skill in any one of these. And then I spent a portion of my life thinking I should cut everything and just do one thing, especially when I created Shangela. But then I learned even with the, with Shangela, I'm able to go in so many different directions. When I got on reality TV, I thought, okay, I will never be able to be an actor. But then I said, no, I'm going to still go out here and audition. And I want them to see me as an actor. And we actually have a film coming out next year. And then, you know, in working in as a dragon entertainer, sometimes they don't take you serious as a business person. Yeah, yeah. You walk in the room and, and I think it's a gift being able to be a dragon entertainer and play between the genders at times because you get a greater understanding of how people respond and treat you differently sometimes when you are a different gender. Yes, but also being underestimated can sometimes be a gift. Listen to the Suzanne Summers podcast. They don't see you coming. They don't take you seriously. It's sometimes better because they're just laughing and you're laughing your way to the bank. I did. And I got to tell you, I love listening to her live for you as well as share all of her. I mean, come on, Miss Thighmaster, the, the intelligence there. And she's, you know, they don't see you coming. I think that she was a dumb you. blonde. I'll, to I'll them. Take that as a gift. She was yeah. a dumb blonde and you could be, you know, you're a, dr a dumb drag queen. And, and, they don't see that you're so smart and that's going to be just know that. So then you have that going in. Okay. They're not going to say, well, I've got all these plans and I'm, I'm playing chess while they're playing checkers. And then just the last thing I want to say to you is you can make that insurance thing for drag queens who are performing part of your uh, charitable initiative, like making sure that they all have insurance because that, that really set you back as much as the pandemic, not being able to perform. That could be part of your whole thing. Cool. Writing that down as well. Awesome. That was so great. What an amazing, I always like, I don't even know you. And this was one of the best podcasts we've done. And that's, I mean, I've had serious people on here, but it's never what I expect. I mean, it's always some learning experience and a great conversation and a person I would never have met, which is why I love doing this podcast more than anything I've ever done. It's like you and I would never have had an hour and 15 minute conversation. So this is awesome. And it was great to meet you. And I wish you all the luck in the world. And I can't wait to meet you in person and hear about like the next steps in the next chapter. Amazing. It is totally going to happen. And trust me, I'm telling Charlie right now, we're making sure you get you some of that sanitizer. Oh, I okay. need sanitizer. 100%. <laughs> I love and it. Know that this has meant so much to me. It, I really take this into, I've had amazing moments in my life where I've been able to really, I just, you know, in thinking about things and loving things in my life, they come to me. That's how I ended up living in Jennifer Lewis who's a great actress and friend of mine in her basement for 10 years, working my way up from being her assistant to being her great friend and, and learning so much with her as my mentor. I feel like I helped to create this moment as well. So thank you so, You're so much. Welcome. Hopefully I'm one of the roses in your bouquet. 
Come on, Rose. All right, Rose from the Titanic. Rose. That'll be my drag queen uh, thing. I'll be Rose. Fantastic. Rose, that's it, Rose. I want you to have a hat and I want you to look like Titanic when you come out for your number and do this. Da, da, da. I love it. Okay, I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Okay, you too, Bethany. Bye. Awesome. Bye. Wow. I mean, this is amazing. That was such a satisfying conversation. That was so inspiring. It was so amazing. It just makes me realize why I love doing this podcast so much. I love it more than anything else that I do. It is just every day in education. It's a learning experience. It's growing. It's hearing from somebody that I have no idea about, about their trajectory that could not be more different than mine in some ways. And I'm so grateful to be able to do this. And um, we'll be doing this in different ways, expanding and broadening soon. So stay tuned for that. But as always, remember to rate, review, and subscribe. I'm grateful for the conversation and grateful for you. So have a wonderful day. So Puerto Rico is a beautiful place. It's a lush island. It's great for surfing. It's got a culture. Like you feel like you've really gone somewhere far and you don't need a passport, which honestly I do really enjoy. It's a beautiful island. The people are amazing. The food is amazing. The water, the beaches, the vibe. It's a great place. It really is. In Puerto Rico, you'll taste the influence of Spanish, African, and native Taino traditions, sometimes all in the same dish. Puerto Rican chefs and restaurants put their passion into every bite. Puerto Rico is an excellent destination for food, which may not be a well-known fact. Whether it's a five-star restaurant or local favorite spot, no one does food like Puerto Rico. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Network.